0: Welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna-Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. Hey everybody, Anna Claire here, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of Sage and Spirit. I had originally planned to share a solo episode with you today to tell you a little bit about who I am, my journey with wellness and plant medicines, and also some of the inspiration that led me to create this podcast in the first place. That being said, I also wanted to introduce you to my first guest, In a timely manner, as they have some really amazing classes that are launching in the coming weeks, and I think you may be interested in learning more once you've heard what he has to share. I imagine that as this podcast grows and evolves, there will be plenty of opportunities for you to get to know more about me and for me to share a little bit more of my story and my experiences and what I'm up to in this world. In the meantime, you can always learn more and feel free to explore my offerings on my website at dancingsagewellness.com, and you can also find me on Instagram at dancingsagewellness. So let's move on to introducing my very first special guest, Freddy Puma Quispe Singona. Puma, as he is called, is one of my own teachers that I work with from the high Andes of Peru, which you're gonna come to find out is a place that is very near and dear to my heart. Puma Quispe Singona was trained by his grandfather, the late Don Maximo Singona, also known as Papakai, since the age of six, learning and mastering the Andean traditions and rituals. And Puma actually started his experience at this young age of six years old with a very interesting natural phenomenon I'm not gonna allude to that here because I want you to hear it straight from Puma himself, but I think it's quite fascinating. Puma exudes a passion for the ancestral Incan teachings and has a profound respect for the global awakening consciousness. He has attended and facilitated numerous international gatherings of spiritual leaders and is featured in books and films about the Andean medicine path in Peru, including the reality of truth and the Puma and the flower. He's a co-founder of Kusiwaina, a cultural organization that teaches tradition to Quechua youth, and he's also the founder of Wilka, a cultural and healing center for youth in his hometown of Chinchero. Along with his Puma Adventures team, they lead groups from around the globe on spiritual pilgrimages visiting sacred sites for self-transformation and rebirth processes. Puma's mission is to continue Papakai's legacy by sharing the ancient teachings and the medicine of his ancestral indigenous culture in his own unique, inspiring, and heartfelt way. An integral key in that mission is his vision for the completion of the Nokankani Global Community Center, still under construction in his hometown of Chinchero. The center will host and provide a base where anyone, locals and travelers alike, can come to study these teachings, keeping the timeless Andean ways, culture, and its nature-based wisdom alive for all of the generations to come. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my dear teacher, Puma. Hola, Puma, thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. How are you?
1: Thank you, Anna. Very happy to be here and happy to share. This uh, wisdom, this sacred knowledge of our ancestors from the Andes, from the mountains here.
0: Lovely. I know that Peru is a very special place for me. It's very near and dear to my heart. I've visited a number of times in in the most recent years. And last year was actually the first year in a few years that I haven't been able to visit Peru because of everything going on in the world. And it's been such a blessing for me to be able to be in touch with you, to have access to your teachings and the wisdom that you're bringing through from your lineage and your ancestry. And I'm just so grateful to be able to share that with other people today. So I'd love to maybe start out. I know that you have been practicing as a medicine man for a very long time now, and I'd love to hear how that started for you.
1: Mm, I always say that Uh, this magical journey of life uh, starts when we are, when we become conscious, when we become um, aware that it is sacred journey, it is a sacred path, and uh, for me it started at six years old, uh, when I was hit by lightning and survived, Uh, my grandfather took that as a sign that I was to receive the lineage he had carried he had received also from our ancestors and um, for me it began with play for me it began with innocence uh, I was just literally woken up to this path in ceremony to healing to energy work to rituals um, as a natural part of life <clears throat> and uh, Uh, Thanks to this powerful um, uh, knowledge, thanks to this powerful wisdom and traditions, being still alive in our land, in our communities. This is what makes uh, this land also very magical because uh, within our communities, you know, within the people here, there is still that feeling, there is still that mindset of... uh, everything being sacred. There's still that mindset of everything being in communion, everything being interconnected. And um, they have so much more knowledge about um, what processes we're going through in life, thanks to our myths and legends and prophecies. So it is pretty much a culture uh, with ancient traditions that are still alive. even though with the hundreds of years of colonization after the Spaniards' arrival, uh, our people here were able to uh, keep the essence of our belief system, our cosmovision. And uh, that is what is being passed on to as many young people now in my path. Um, I'm I'm training many uh, youth, leaders in my village and also from other parts of the world uh, receiving these traditions so my path in ceremony in sacred journey of life in service has begun when I was very young and it became a part of my life I was basically chosen into it by the cosmos by our Apus our mountain spirits by Pachamama and my grandfather always used to say before we come here we make a sole choice of everything we want to experience in this life and how we want to journey through this life and so it must have been my sole choice to be a carrier of these millenary traditions and now it is my best part of my journey to be in communion, to be connected and to be sharing with all of our global family and our global community these powerful traditions, these sacred lineage.
0: Wonderful, Puma. Um, I love that so much. And how interesting, too, to hear that your journey really started with getting struck by lightning as a young child. And is it correct? I believe that I've heard before that oftentimes that is how many people in the Andes and the region where you are come to this path is um, by surviving a lightning strike. Is that correct?
1: Yes, especially in this region, in our mountains, because it is so rich in copper and other metals and minerals. Uh, Often when people are out in the mountains, you know, herding their animals or even just walking through the mountain trails, you could easily be hit by lightning. And um, if you survive, then that is a very miraculous cosmic initiation. And even if people don't receive a lineage or a tradition from a teacher, they still naturally develop with their intuition, gifts of energy work, Gifts of being an oracle, uh, accessing to parallel dimensions, journeying. So, in my case, it was both that cosmic initiation plus having my grandfather who was a carrier of a millenary lineage. So, um, I believe, though, nowadays, you don't have to be hit by lightning in order to receive these uh, traditions, this wisdom. All that is necessary is for you to choose yourselves to be a carrier of these millenary traditions. You just make a, a self-choice because also the times in which we're living now call on the need to access this ancestral wisdom to not only to go through these hard processes in a more gentle way, but also to be of best service to your family, to your community, to the vulnerable ones, to those in need. This is the main reason why you need to make a self-choice. Choosing yourself, realizing yourself as a medicine woman, medicine man, it is so powerful that is equivalent to being hit by lightning. Um, So now we just wait for more people to choose themselves, to receive these traditions and lineages. And uh, we start passing on this sacred knowledge. Uh, That's how it became as a collective um, agreement in most of these communities out in the mountains. We have now all of a sudden a lot of people from the mountaintops coming down to the big cities, sharing these ceremonies, these rituals that were kept Uh, in secret from the Catholic Church um, for hundreds of years and that's been passed on now to as many people in the new generations coming.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. And I love that. um I think a lot of people will probably be grateful to hear that if they're, if this path is calling to them, that at this point, it's not necessary to be struck by lightning, that they can make that choice for themselves. And you know that that can be really empowering too to make the choice to step onto this path and to be in service and to navigate these times with more grace and ease so that like you said we can have more gentle processes rather than you know difficult processes and there's there's so much that's going on in these times and um so much of what you have shared and what i have um, been so grateful to hear from you and from other Peruvian teachers in recent years. You know, one thing I really appreciate about the lineage and the Andean CosmoVision is that it's. it seems to me that it's really accessible, that it's very, the, the practices are incredibly practical, that people can, you know... Um, that some training is is perhaps necessary and to learn some of this wisdom and knowledge, but that it's something that people can just deepen their connection with themselves and with Mother Earth. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you might have to share around these times that we're living in. And I believe that you've called them before in Quechua, this time is the tari Pacha. Could you share a little bit about that with us?
1: Um, yes, thank you, Ana um in the andes we also uh, see the different cycles that we go through in life as uh, powerful pachacutis pachacutis are uh, time cycles of different uh, hierarchies of different uh, sizes of years um the taripa y pacha is on two cycles, one which is within the, um, the life time of a person, and another one that is within thousands of years, within the lifetime of Mother Earth. And, you know, we don't even count the, the one within the lifetime of our father's son, but even those were recorded in our astronomical observatories by our ancestors. Um, Tari Pacha translates to a time and space to catch up with, or to find yourself within, or to find yourself um, to realize yourself within. So Tari Pacha is for us a time when we're not only transitioning but also realizing an awakening to a new time to a new um era and um our ancestors had foreseen that between 2012 to 2013 there would be um Big Pachakuti, a big transition, and um, because we are coming from a limited consciousness, from unevolved consciousness, we will be forced or we will be accessing this new consciousness, this new era, this new time and space um, and that some of us within this study by pacha we will find ourselves transformed. We will find ourselves um, awakened. Now, the beauty of this process is you actually don't have to do much in order to transition to this new um, era, in order to transition to this evolved consciousness, because you're in it. The, the best of your job was probably to choose to come to this earth and to this life in these times and um, to be a participant, to be a witness of what these time uh, changes, what these time transitions were about. So that was your, your, your main um, offering, your main mission was already when you made that soul agreement to be here at this time. And uh, according to what processes we go through in life, how we have grown up and how we were raised uh, with all of the knowledge and everything that we are conscious of, our ancestors believed we were limited. We were unevolved and we are the last unevolved generation of humanity on this planet. As these transitions are happening, We have no choice but to evolve. We have no choice but to access and enter and transition to this new era, to this new consciousness. Now, that might be seen as a hard process by a lot of our uh, brothers and sisters in the planet. And, And some actually will be so attached to their old paradigms and to their old mindsets that they will resist entering into these new ones. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, that is also their part. That is also their journey. And, um, but most of us will all of a sudden fall asleep one night and wake up the next morning completely changed, completely new. And literally overnight like that, in thousands of a second, we are being um evolved we are being awakened we are we are um, transitioning from that limited consciousness being to that superior consciousness being and um, that is our process for the next uh, thousands of years generation after generation what processes we will go through in our planet will be that of awakening will be that of accessing that evolved consciousness, you know, that advanced technologies and possibilities and potentials. So it's literally a new life. It's completely a new era we're entering into. And what our ancestors thought was more of a privilege for the generations that are part of it, like us, who are witnessing this transition, transitioning process, is we get to participate in it we get to be the guardians of that um, shift of that transition we get to be witnesses of these new elementals these new technologies these new consciousness arriving to our planet and being available for humanity everywhere and um, we are literally being um, planted, if you think of it in terms of agriculture, we're being seeded as a new humanity on this planet, as a new consciousness. And this study by Pacha is a time in which we will constantly find ourselves catching up with these new uh, paradigms, with this new cosmovision. And the reason why we're catching up is because we are not the ones creating it. We're being part of it but we're not the ones creating it. These cycles, these uh, powerful thousands of year cycles are consciously uh, created by mother earth, by powerful cosmic forces. And that's why we catch up with it. Even in our own life, taripaipacha comes after we are 40 you know after we are 50 sometimes even earlier in some people um when by that time a new generation has arrived and therefore with that new generation came new life new information new technologies and you have to catch up with that new information with that new life that is coming in with each generation so from that age on, usually in your own life, you are catching up for the rest of your life with these new uh, paradigms and new mindsets. And that's just within our lifetime. And that even is not completely in control of ourselves. We're not creating it. We're living in it because this is the way the cycles of life work, not only in our lifetime cycle, but also. In the lifetime cycle of Mother Earth, our solar system, of our galaxy, which our ancestors were conscious about and they knew about and they were constantly curious about, because they were constantly exploring what more we could access, thanks to realizing this um, macrocosmos vision. So this is tari by Pacha. We are being taken. To this new era, and our job, our part is to make this transition as gentle as possible for ourselves. So not to make it a hard awakening. So not to make it like you know when people have nightmares, when they have intense processes in the fifth dimension, which is our dreams. People just jump, and that that uh, rough unpleasant, all of a sudden awakening can be traumatizing, and that can be hard process. So we wanna make sure that is as gentle as possible awakening process for our whole planet. That's our job, that's our work as a medicine men and medicine women, as high priests here in the Andes. This is what we were prepared for, uh, you know, with the rituals, with the ceremonies and our traditions.
0: Mm, I love that. It it feels so powerful. And again, again, empowering. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people may hear the words that we have no choice. And sometimes that can perhaps lead us into a place of fear or unknowing. But I love the perspective that you're sharing in that that can actually be a place of beauty when we have no choice. It allows us to surrender deeper into trust and um, you know, trusting our own processes and shifting our perspective to be in service, and to know that in, in on some level we chose to be here at this time, and to go through these processes, and to uh, help our brothers and sisters and our communities, so that we can all have as you know as gentle of a process as possible, and. Also, just the perspective that you've shared of us seeing this and, and taking the position of being witnesses and guardians to this birthing of a new humanity and a new way of living um, in greater harmony with ourselves and with Pachamama, our Mother Earth, and with one another. And, you know, I know at least here where I live in the United States, a lot of times people talk about positive forces and negative forces or energies and in my trips in my travels to Peru in the past I've learned about um, these concepts of Sami and Hucha and I wonder if you could share a little bit about these seemingly uh, polarities these polarities that exist um, wherever we are and you know are they Are they something that we would look at as being positive and negative? Or is there a different way, a different perspective that we can take when approaching these different energies in our daily lives?
1: Uh, That's a a beautiful uh, wisdom we carry here in the Andes about Sami and Hucha. Um, We believe that we are coming to this earth from the absolute sun. So we are not from this earth. You know, if you ask anybody in the communities where we come from, they'll tell you the stars. And if they know a little bit better about the myths and uh, stories of our origins, they will tell you we come from the sun that never raises, neither sets. And um, so when you ask the sun what it feels to rise and set, the sun would tell you. What are you talking about? That is only for you in the earth because the sun is actually never rising, neither setting. So when we come from that essence, we transcend everything that is positive, everything that is negative, everything that is light, everything that is darkness, everything that's bad or good. Um, we transcend all of it because that's our nature. That's where we come from. But while we're living here in this earth from the beginnings of creation, you were meant to exist with day and night, with dark and light, with negative, positive, good, bad, beautiful, ugly, you know, all of these polarities. You have no choice but to exist with it. But you had to remember as young as possible that you didn't belong to these polarities. Neither they belong to you. The first thing we are um, experiencing right from the beginning of our lifetime is that we need to be all the good or the bad, that we need to be all the light or the dark. Where in the Andes, in our Cosmovision, we have personalized those energies to be. Uh, powerful allies, both Sami and Hucha. Sami, for example, is the highly refined energy, which when you, um, withdraw on it or when you, um, call on it or when you're conscious of it, it brings you bliss. It brings you joy. It brings you happiness. It brings you, uh, love, vitality. It's It's one of those energies that is important to your well-being. And therefore, it was known as the light energy. It was was blessings that would come from Mother Earth, from the cosmos, from the universe. And hucha was this heavy energy that when you were conscious of it or when you withdraw on it, consciously or unconsciously, it will bring you Suffering, it will bring you struggles, it will bring you limitations, it will bring you pain. For this reason, <clears throat> it was important to work with Sami, with the highly refined energy, because your nature, your very nature in this life was always to be well. You have the capacity to heal yourself, you have the capacity to take care of yourself and recover yourself from anything that would happen to you, Um, but when we start calling, you know, fears, doubt, uh, guilt as yours, you are actually giving ownership to the heaviest of energies here on Mother Earth, to the khucha, and therefore you are consciously or unconsciously calling on struggle and suffering into your life. So nevertheless, nevertheless, even though though through those hard processes with hucha, which is this heavy energy, you are still alive, you are still experiencing life, you are still learning from it, you're still growing from it. Therefore, life is still being a miracle. So hucha isn't that terrible of energy. I mean, it's just, you're choosing the hard processes. That's all. So our ancestors used to believe that whatever you don't learn through love, you learn through struggles and through crises. And uh, whatever you don't learn through Sami, you will learn through Hucha. And uh, it is your choice always, ever, always, to choose which process you want to have in life whether you want to experience the heaven or whether you want to experience the hell. Heaven is Sami, hell is Hucha. So, of course, because we transcend all of these energies, we transcend Sami and Hucha and we don't belong to it. And you know better, you would choose to give yourself, you know, the best processes of well-being, of Sami, of joy. Nevertheless, you will find hucha everywhere because you can't just have the day. You also have to have the night. And the darkness for us in the Andes was never a bad energy. The dark energy, like the darkness is the sacred feminine for us. Like for example, in the cosmos, that dark night sky is the cosmic mother. And this cosmic mother can give birth to a whole sun, it will give birth to even light. So when we, uh, when, when we hear about the analogy of when you light up a candle in the darkness, it lights up the whole room, you don't light up the candle in the darkness, the darkness gives birth to the light in that cave. So is the cosmic mother, uh, and therefore the darkness is even a more powerful potent sacred feminine energy, which you need to be very respectful and very conscious of. And the light is the masculine the light is the father son it's in this way, we don't have any conflicts between the dark and the light we don't have any conflicts between the bad and the good anything that's good right now can be bad in the next moment because that's just how you know, as soon as the sun rises, the day comes in, as soon as the sun sets, the night comes in, anything that is bad can turn to be good eventually. So those polarities are in a constant shift here on this planet. They're just energies, frequencies, polarities, we need to be in absolute harmony with and not to resist or belong to or um, have conflict with either of them because we live in this world of these two polarities of this yananting. this is this is the um, this is the cosmovision vision in here in the andes and of course as healers you know we believe that we have gone through the heart process so you have had hucha you have experienced it everybody from the moment you were born you have had the heart process And it's possible to have a gentle process now. So as healers, we're constantly leading, facilitating process to be processes of love, of joy, of gentleness, of sweetness, because those are powerful healing energies also. You don't need the crisis to wake up. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that perspective. And um, it sounds like from what you're describing that you know, that both of these polarities and all these polarities that you've mentioned are necessary for all of our different processes. And almost that Hucha is a sort of teacher for us, maybe, um, that it's these fertile grounds where, like you said, if we're not learning by Sami or by light or by the gentle processes, that Hucha comes up as a different sort of teacher where maybe we can see things in a different way that we weren't able to see in the light. Um, And that by looking at it from this perspective, we're able to bring light to that, or like you said, it gives birth to the light. And, And so it's part of this process that leads us to, you know, the next step in our lives or the next great teaching or some sort of knowledge that can help us to navigate our world and our lives at these times. And so I wonder if people feel as though they are in a place where they're experiencing hard processes, or maybe they do feel like they have heavy energies or dense energies, or maybe they just feel a little bit stuck or unsure what their next step is. Can anyone call on Sami, or how how can people access um, you know this light energy to to strive for more gentle processes during these times?
1: I guess the one way I can put it um, in words, Anna, is uh, experiencing Sami in Hucha is inevitable. Like right? sometimes you could be calling on Sami onto your energy field and uh, onto your life, but the Hucha within the family is so strong that you have no choice but to experience it also i wouldn't call it necessary uh the reason why i don't call it necessary is because you don't need to have more of a hard process anymore but it's inevitable you almost have no choice because you know you are this consciousness that is a part of a greater consciousness and the greater consciousness is your family and your community and that collective consciousness also is having a process and you cannot tell them to choose Sami, you cannot, you can only tell yourself to choose Sami for yourself. And when that becomes so powerful and so strong, you can transmit that Sami energy to the collective, to that greater consciousness. So we are constantly feeding with fresh new energy when we're working with Sami to our collective energy field, to our, community crystal, we will call it. And um, it's as simple as first, I would say, it begins with you being conscious of it, with you knowing that there is these two qualities of energy. There's these two different frequencies. And uh, then with choosing which one you want to call into your life more often, and even though you have no choice but to experience hucha, sometimes because of that collective consciousness that's just what their process is like right now it's so difficult for you to stay in that highly refined energy because collectively and at a global level there is so much frustration there's so much fear there's so much confusion and those are these low frequency energies so you're literally breathing on it you have to constantly see yourself inside a crystal to 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 transform that heavy energy for yourself and hopefully if you call in more sami from mother earth and from the cosmos you can transmit that just with your intent just with your breath to your family and to your community but we we're, we're, we're actually calling on this ceremony on this ritual In the hardest of times to do that, 30, 40 years ago, it was easy. It was easy because first the global consciousness was kind of unconscious. We weren't that global yet. So your process was more of a regional, local process. And what you took on was what you were conscious of. And it wasn't so much. So you could deal with, you know, a few million people. But when we start talking about billions of people, then it's a different process. It takes more of you. You have to prepare yourself more. It, 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 you have to reprogram your genetic coding. And this is the pacha. You have to catch up to a global process where you can actually affect the whole collective with each intention, with each word, with each breath. And of course, with Sami, because you're conscious this is the way we do it this is the way it was done for thousands of years but um it is hard times nowadays to work with sami and it's almost inevitable for you to experience huja i mean but it begins with you being conscious and it begins with you having a clear intent
0: That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like, you know, with everything that's going on in the world today, we really are in some ways all in it together and that, you know, the practices that we can take into our lives and that we can participate in on a consistent basis can really help us to bring more Sami into our lives and into the lives of others, even if they are in a place of hucha or darkness or hard processes and that it really comes down to our, ourselves and getting you know catching up with ourselves as you say and learning more about who we are and holding that light as much as we can and i really love the image and the idea of visualizing ourselves inside of a crystal to transmit these clear frequencies and these light energies And, you know, it seems like such a simple practice, but also very powerful because the power of intention can really make a huge difference in our daily lives. And, I just, I just love that concept. And something else that I remember learning um, on my very first trip to Peru was this concept of Aini and this idea of sacred reciprocity. And I know here in the United States, a lot of people talk about this saying that gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude. And mm-hmm. that translates a little bit For me, what I know of Aini and being grateful and being in service to others. And I wonder if you could maybe touch on that a little bit about the concept of Aini in the Andean tradition and how that can be empowering for us and that how it can really help us to support both ourselves and our communities throughout these different processes that we're going through.
1: Uh, you, said it, you said it beautifully, And you know, the attitude of gratitude is the medicine of these times. Um, even though we're going through hard times, even though we're going through struggles uh, collectively and individually in our own processes, um, the fact that we can experience it, the fact that we can be part of it, the fact that we are alive here, Is a miracle and is a gift is an offering from God mother and father and is a present that's why we call this moment, the present because it's a gift and in in gratitude to this gift of life that we receive. We must offer our own lives our whole life. As an offering back as an offering in return ingratitude to God, Mother, Father, to Cosmic Father, Cosmic Mother, to Mother Earth, to the sacred divine, to Great Spirit. Um, We need to live our lives as the best present for our family, for our community. And this is Aini. Aini, it's a cosmic law that says nothing ever goes one way. The gift of life comes in with each breath that comes in. And that gift of life you transmit consciously in gratitude. You offer it back to Mother Earth, to the cosmos, to the universe, with each breath out. You cannot give what you don't have. You first need to receive it. And you first sometimes uh, our culture talks about in how you actually need to ask for help. Like, for example, you can go to your neighbor and say, I need help building my house. And, you know, when this neighbor comes to you, uh, his help is unconditional without him expecting anything in return. But most likely because there's a cosmic law that says nothing goes one way this neighbor will also receive help at the time when he most needs it. And in this way, in Aini, a whole community builds themselves together, um, whatever that they're um, building, whatever that they're projecting themselves on. Nothing ever goes one way. What you seed, you harvest. It's the similar um, philosophy as the karma, in the Eastern traditions, but in in the Andes, it is more focused on the unconditional part of it. You know, uh, for example, one of the gratitude prayers that was practiced in my village is, uh, thank you for what you're gifting me with. I may not be able to return it to you, but when it returns to you, may it come back to you a thousand times more. With that gratitude prayer, What we just did is we did receiving, we made receiving unconditional. Like when I receive something from you and I may not be able to give it back to you, I just made my receiving unconditional. Knowing that it will return back to you and not necessarily from me. And when it returns back to you, may it be a thousand times more blessed. This is I me. It's, it's a powerful force throughout the cosmos, throughout the universe that makes sure nothing ever goes one way in time and space and even beyond even beyond time and space. So it's a powerful force. It's a cosmic law and is the secret to harmonious, happy life.
0: I love that so much. And the gratitude prayer that you shared um, its just so beautiful and and so simple. And yet it it really makes a lot of sense that to incorporate this practice of Aini into our lives can really help us to be in greater harmony. And that we're really, we're looking out for each other. And there's something that's really beautiful about that, I think. And something that um Mentioned earlier is just sort of the, the practical approach of the Andean Cosmovision and the lineage and the wisdom that you have shared. And it seems to me like a lot of these practices are based on our connection with the earth, with Pachamama, with the mountains, the mountain spirits, and the Apu's. And I'm wondering, as someone who who has always loved to be in nature and has always connected with nature in in many different ways, how can deepening our connection with the earth and with Pachamama, how can that bring us into greater alignment or into a greater state of Aini and gratitude as we go forward?
1: That also is very simple, Anna, because... um this sacred nature is conscious it's alive. it's intelligent um, if if you think of this sacred nature as another person uh, but not, not just another person in fact there is no other in our tradition you know the word other means oneself so anybody that you're talking about is only a part of yourself being that person it's just you existing billions of times on this planet. Um, And of course, Mother Earth is a part of you and you are part of Mother Earth, like that's our consciousness. With the difference that in our humanity, we tend to be limited. We're not always conscious. We're not always aware. We're not always in harmony. We go through up and down processes in our frequency of vibration. And we might even be disconnected consciously, like we can consciously choose to disconnect from Mother Earth. Nevertheless, we are always connected in some small part, in some small energetic level. We just need to make this connection bigger, greater. In our tradition, we build. A relationship with Mother Earth that is so intimate, that is so powerful, that you love Pachamama like you love your family, like you love your partner, like you, when you are in love, it has to be that level of connect, communion, becoming one with. And because this sacred nature not only is conscious not only is intelligent it is always vibrating in the highest frequencies of energies this nature does not go through the processes that we do this this nature is always existing in absolute harmony and in absolute inner peace because it's connected to powerful cosmic forces also. So by nature, Mother Earth's energy is awesome. When we are awesome, sometimes, not always. Mother (laughs) Earth is always wonderful. So when we connect to Mother Earth, when we connect to this sacred nature even more, We're bringing this intelligence and we're bringing this consciousness to ourselves. This is the secret. This is the power of being well, of living happy, of of being of greater service to your family and your community, because you're not of good service to anybody when you're worried, when you're stressed, when you're frustrated, when you're in fear, when you're in doubt. You're not of great service to anybody. You're not of great service to yourself. There is no self-love. But when you're in love with yourself unconditionally, when you're in that joy, when you're in that inner peace, you're emanating that energy to anybody that is near you, even without doing anything. That's just happening naturally. But people have to be connected to you in order to receive that because otherwise they won't receive that energy you're emanating either unless you're together, unless you are sharing a home together.
0: That's so beautiful.
1: Oh, this consciousness of connection is so important, Anna. It's we need to make it stronger, especially with Mother Earth and the cosmos and the universe.
0: I really appreciate that sharing, Puma, and it sounds like the more we can connect to the earth and to nature and to Pachamama, that we are also at the same time strengthening and deepening the connection within ourselves. And that's how, you know, one of the ways that we can come more into these light energies and these gentle processes And I love that when you started talking about nature, I could hear the birds in the background. They chimed in like they just wanted to be heard in that moment. And I love that that came through right at that time. Um, And, you know, something that you mentioned, too, it just reminds me that I've heard a lot of people say you can't you cannot give from an empty cup. And so, like you said, we have to receive before we can give. And so it's this concept. It seems that it's similar to me of Being able to fill our cups and then to share that and and to bring that forward with our communities and with the greater global community at large. And I know I feel like, especially when it comes to Peru and the beautiful uh, practices and Andean Cosmovision and all of these teachings, I feel like I could talk about it for days. (laughs) Um, But of course, our time today is a little bit limited. And so I'd love if you might be able to share, I know that you have some different classes and workshops coming up and that even during these times when travel is a bit limited, that you are now offering a lot of these teachings to the general public online and through virtual classes. And so if people wanted to go deeper into these studies and learn more and um, to hear some more of this wisdom from you and your lineage and your ancestors, what's a good place that they can find you?
1: Um, thank you, Anna, I thanks to these uh, times of uh, lockdowns and, um, you know, It took all of that for me to open up this venue online and using these sacred technologies to reach out to our global community and our global family. Uh, The SHIFT network gave me generously a venue to present these workshops, these uh, teachings. We have one coming up in March. Um, which is going to be celebrating the sacred feminine and connecting to the goddess energies of the Pleiades, which is our uh, powerful cosmic source of abundant love, joy, happiness, well-being, good health. And we're going to be celebrating the rising of the feminine energy with this program. Uh, Within our website, uh, Nokankani, we have already launched Uh, Shorter programs, not necessarily, you know, seven week programs, but also hours of teachings on a specific, um, very important, necessary subjects of the Mesa, which is the um, medicine bundle or the personal altar tradition of the Andes, uh, of healing, of offerings, of working with the master plants. so these these venues are opening up for me to present online so much more. You can come into nokankani.com and there we have um, some programs or join the programs we have with the Shift Network. For now, those are the ones where I'm offering these um, sacred teachings in Aini. Uh, I love to use the social media. Sometimes I just love to pop in you know whether it's through facebook or instagram with a ritual or ceremony or a or a piece of wisdom that comes to our whole global community just to support and assist in their process also
0: It sounds like there are so many beautiful offerings. And I just want to express my gratitude to you for making these teachings available to us all during these times. And I think that something that we have all noticed in this past year or so, especially is the different ways that um, we're being called to adapt to the situation at hand. And for you, that has really um, led you to do more online and virtual offerings. And it's such a great benefit to anyone and everyone who can participate. And I know that I really look forward to deepening my studies and practices with you. And I hope that some of our listeners will uh, check out these websites with the Shift Network and with Nokankani. And I will make sure to link both of those websites in the show notes for today. And again, Puma, I just want to thank you so much for being here. This is the beginning of this new podcast, Sage and Spirit, and it really just feels like such a blessing to have you on here and to share these powerful practices and teachings with us today. So thank you again so much for being here. I hope that we can talk more in the future and I very much look forward to returning to Peru as soon as it is safe and possible and to meet up with you in person and just keep keep learning more about the ways that we can navigate these times. Thank you so much for being here today, Puma.
1: Infinite gratitude, Anna Claire. Much love. Thank you for um, giving me this opportunity to share more with our brothers and sisters. I'm always in ceremony and I'm always praying for all of our global family, for our global community. Much love. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Puma. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit dancingsagewellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.